Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm reading today from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And it says, And because of His glorious glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Today, I want to speak to you from this idea or or this first installment of our series, Live Greater, and it's called Promises. Promises. And the tagline on it is an offer with guaranteed results promises and offer with guaranteed results let's pray um father we love you we thank you for this opportunity that we have lord to come before you lord and just spend time with you i pray now lord that you would do the work that only you can do lord and that you would speak directly to individuals and today that we would walk out of here with an understanding of not what man has done and distorted or created a weirdness around but father that we would understand your promises lord and so father we love you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray lord amen and amen. Come on, Greater Church, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? That was a golf clap. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Awesome. Awesome. Hey, uh, we are, we are, thanks, my, we are in, a, in, a, in my household, we are three boys, and then there's my wife, Lydia, um, and then there's my, my daughter, Abby. And so my wife, uh, she was actually born April 1st, Um, And so she's an April Fool's baby. So in our house, it is illegal, illegal for us to do anything April Fool's. Um, My wife, uh, she she doesn't do well with pranks. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that stuff you see online. Don't do that to my wife. She she'll fall for it. She doesn't. She has she she believes you and she loves you. And so in our house, we try not to prank my wife at all. But y'all got I got they're 14 years old now. Um, They're Irish twins, Um, two 14 year old boys. And so we prank each other, but then we got a, a eight-year-old girl. You know what I'm saying? And so, Emma, when, when I tell you that we do things to Abby, um, I feel bad for her sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, the lights will be off, and she'll come around the room, and then I'll, ah, and, ah, and she'll run. And she's an exaggerator, right? So my, my, my daughter, she doesn't trust us very much because she knows that we, we can't do it to the mom, so we do it to her, and then we do it to each other. Well, uh, the other day, um, our, our toilet seat had broken, so I purchased another toilet seat. You know what I mean? And we we moving on up. So we got the toilet seat, the ones with the slow clothes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ladies, look at me. Don't look anywhere. I know you've been telling your husband to change that toilet seat. Look at me. I'm going to help you, fellas. Change the toilet seat, my guy. Just change it. It's life-changing because I used to, it used to be like 11 o'clock at night and my wife used to be sleeping and I would put the toilet seat down. And she would think it's like World War III. Who died? Now it's like, yo, this thing, like we feel bougie with it. We just like, pew, and it goes, you can move on, kind sir. I will close automatically. It doesn't talk to me. We don't have that one yet, Stacey. We don't have that one. We don't have that one. Um, The other day I'm in the bathroom and Abby goes and she's like trying to push it down. I'm like, stop. You're going to break it. She's like, what? I'm like, let the toilet go. She says, no, no. I'm not going to let it go, Poppy. I'm like, Abby, let the toilet go. It's a new toilet. She's like, no. She's never seen it before, right? She's never seen like automatically close, the slow close. And so I'm like, and dude, finally, like we're getting a little bit of argument. I'm like, you got to trust me. I'm not pranking you. She, she finally lets, she lets it go, bro. And she just goes like this. And she's like, 
waiting for the pop. And then she slowly, you see her, she's like, she's like it's magic. <laughs> Witchcraft. No, no, baby. I was like, it's a, it's, a, it's a slow closing toilet. The reason why I bring that up, because I was laughing, because after I had that conversation with her, I pulled back in that moment and I was like, yo, this is what we look like. We have been so scarred. And so, and, and, and it's pushed us to the place where we're so scared because people who have, we love, um, people who we don't love, we just like them a little bit, and, uh, and everyone around has hurt us in ways and given us these things called promises. That when we hear the word promises, we're like, you know what I'm saying? It, it goes a few different ways where you're just like, ah, I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't like promises because we've seen them broken. We've seen them that they haven't been kept. And when we hear that word, we automatically, especially in church, the moment that you hear it, you hear it, you will process that junk and file it straight to the prosperity gospel. Oh, you know, I'm going to process, you know what I mean? But the promises of God, I'm going to give 14 cars if I give, you know, my tithes and offering. And, and, and unfortunately, what that's created, not just in church and outside of church, is that because of those promises, commitment has been something low on your radar. And what happens is that you're like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't trust people. I don't go to, you know, church regularly, church attendance, because I'm like, I ain't trying to get plugged in. I don't want, I don't want to connect with anybody. I think Candace's story was beautiful where she said, I just sat in the back and I just wanted to watch. And what happens, broken promises hurts, creates this thing where you're just like, ah, this rejection. Before you reject me, I'm going to reject you by not even starting this conversation. But then also you are doing things that you don't like to do. And I'm not meaning just sin. I'm talking about you're working at a job that you don't like. You're doing things on a regular basis that you really don't like. You don't even know what you like. And you've lived for everybody for so long just to make sure that everything around you is good so that you feel good. But the idea of taking a risk, of being uncomfortable, of stepping into some unknown places, it scares you because of broken promises, because of what people have done. And so there is a, an assignment over your life. I believe that everybody in this room, you got a calling from God. There's gifts, there's talents, there's things that God has placed inside of you that you are, I, I, I don't want to use the word afraid, but I think you're, you're, you're tentative to even take those steps because of what has happened. And then there's other people in this room that like you, you ready to rush hell with a water pistol. <laughs> but you're ready to rush hell with a water pistol on your own. Because if somebody comes and say, hey, can I help you with that? Nah, I got this. It's going to take me too long to show you. And you don't, work, you don't play well with others. And what happens is because people have hurt you and people have disappointed you that you're just like, ah. Today, I, I want to talk to you and I want to I kind of unpack what it looks like. What are these things that we have in scripture that are God's promises? Before we unpack them, and it's going to be the next few weeks that we're going to talk about four core promises that God has never broken and that they're alive, active in your life and that they actually go in progression, that you can walk through these. Before we go there, I think you just need to understand what a promise is. And I'm not going to break down the definition. We're not going to Webster. I'm going to show you what the Bible talks about promises. We read it at the beginning of the service, 2 Peter chapter one verse four and it says and because of his glory somebody say his glory, glory. and his excellence so because of who God is because of who God is he has given us great and precious promises these are the promises that number one they enable you to share in his divine nature so we live in a state where we are living such natural lives I mean there's so much more inside of you God has placed so much more inside of you that we live in this space. And I, and I want you to kind of, I'm, I'm going to take you back to science class and you can't skip and go to the portable smoke weed. You got to listen. So there's, there's, some of y'all laughed way too much. There's, 
Our body is broken up into three different areas. There's our soul, right? We talk about the soul and it's your central processing unit, the way that you process things. Then there's your body. Your body is your physical body and then there's your spirit. And you have all three of these. And what happens is that we live in this space 99% of the time where we're living in this soul, right? In our mind. I I don't want to sin. Oh my God, I messed up. God, it's just constant back and forth with your soul, with your soul. And then your body. Some of y'all going to the gym. Some of y'all ain't. Some of y'all started eating well. Some of y'all didn't. What happens is that we live in this space for so long that we forget that we have a spirit that is inside of you. And if you've called on the name of Jesus, your spirit is perfect. It doesn't have any flaws. It perfectly communicates to God and it's constantly trying to communicate to you. But sometimes we're just living in this space where it's just constant back and forth, constant back and forth, when in reality, there's this whole spiritual side. What happens is that God has enabled, and I'm going to explain what these four promises are. He's giving you these promises for you to be able to partake, to be a part of, a partner in his divine nature. You think about who we're talking about. The God, the creator of heaven and earth, that he actually wants to be co-laborers with you. That he wants to walk this journey out with you. He wants to use you. He wants to empower you. He wants to walk with you through life. And he wants to give you things and he wants to do things through you. But what happens is that some of these promises were like, ah, God, you don't know what I did last weekend. (laughs) He does. He really does. But yet and still, he still breaks through your past, your pain, your hurt, your insecurities. And he still says, I I still want to use you. I still want you to partake in my divine nature. Not only does it allow for us to partake of his divine nature, but the scripture says that it actually, bring bring up that verse again, the one with the underline, it actually helps us to escape the world's corruption, which is human desires. Some of us, we're going back and forth with sin sometimes, and it's like, yo, I do good for a month, and then I go back, and, and it might not just be sin. Sometimes it's just depression, anxiety. Sometimes it's all these things that are happening. I, you know, listen, we, we were talking about this with the team the other day. We, we, we want to be pushy, right? They, we need to be pushy, right, for the gospel. We need to pray for people. We need to see people come to know Jesus. Ah, you know, I want to keep my faith and be, no, no, no. You can't be timid in this season because I could just turn my phone on and just flip a couple of pages and you'll see that the enemy is not timid at all. And so the world is concerned with constantly putting you on their agenda, not to create unity, but to create uniformity so that you look like them, not so that you agree with them. And so us as Christians, we have to have a space. How do you do this? Well, you do this with the promises of God. You have to be able to understand them. You have to be able to apply them to your life. But when it comes to the promises, they help you to, they enable you to be able to live God's divine nature and be able to escape the corruptions of the world. How many of y'all want to escape the corruptions of the world? I I lift my hands with both hands. I no longer want to be a part of what society tells me that I want to be. I want to be who God calls me to be. I'd rather walk into a place and see a person that's depressed, filled with anxiety, a person that's in a wheelchair, and be able to provide some type of hope where their lives are changed. They get out of that wheelchair, there's healing, as opposed to knowing what the next episode of Grey's Anatomy is. I would rather this. I want to be a part of this. I want to give my life to this. This is fun. It's long lasting. This is fleeting and temporary and pleasurable for a moment. So these promises, they allow for us not only to partake in what God has done, but it also helps us to be able to escape the world. Somebody say promise and offer with guaranteed results and offer with guaranteed results. Uh, Paul. Come up, come here for a second. I'm going to bless you. I want you to come up here for a second. I want to, I want to give you a blessing. I want to bless you. 
I want you to turn in your Bible to Joshua chapter 20. No, 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 like right here in the front. You're good, though. Appreciate you, buddy. No, you're good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. good. Yeah. Hey, Joshua chapter 21, uh, verse 45. Uh, I want you to see something because what happens is that chances are that we, we have... Paul, come here for a second. Chances are that we have PTSD. Somebody say PTSD. I just... Your freaking sweater is dope. And you got the infrared. Oh, you out here. I like it. Space jams. Okay, I see you. And so what happens is that a lot of times we, we, we get these, when we hear promises, again, we've been manipulated so much that we've entered into, into, into idea. Come here, come here for a second. I want to bless you. We've entered into these ideas, David, seriously. We've entered into these ideas where we've, we, people have told us time and time again, like, yo, I'm going to take care of you. I'm, I'm going to give you the promotion if you just do this position. Just give me six months. And if you knock out this position for six months, I promise you I'm going to give you that. Or, you know, they told you, hey, I'm going to give you a certain amount of money. Hey, I, how many of y'all had a cousin that still owes you money? You know what I mean? And still asked you for money. Like, they still, you owe me money. And you can't say nothing because if you're like, hey, do you, oh, man, you're always tripping. Bro, you owe me money. It's my money. And so what happens is that we constantly have this idea of coming back and forth. And what we don't understand, here you go. Have lunch on me, bro. And what happens is that we don't understand that what God wants to do is that he wants to bless you, right? The blessing is obviously wrapped around in your obedience. But this back and forth that we go to sometimes, we try to attribute that to God sometimes. Because God doesn't do things on your clock or the way that you do it. And so what happens is because people have been like, yeah, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm never going to cheat on you. But then they cheated on you. I'm not going to steal from you. But then they stole from you. I'm not going to do any of these things that we begin to, this is our filter now. Now we start to, eh, I don't know, buddy. I, I don't know if I believe these things. When in reality, yo, God is not a man that he should lie. I want you to see this. Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. Not one, not one, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel have failed. Every one was fulfilled. I want you to read this with me. Can we read a little bit of Bible? Is that cool? Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. When God, and it's going to come up on the screen, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it all the way, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that there is no so there is any question that they'll make good on the promise the authority will back them up when god wanting to guarantee his promises he gave his word a rock solid guarantee god can't break his word and because his word cannot change the promise is likewise unchangeable God has given promises and he doesn't swear by anybody else. He, he honors his word. And so there are promises that God has given you that they're rock solid in the word. That if you just try it, you'll experience, the, you'll experience not only the blessing of God. Because when you hear that again, it makes people feel uncomfortable like the blessing of God. We've swung the pendulum so far, but it's also the sovereignty of God where you have to trust God and you have to walk through things where God is actually with you, though it doesn't seem like it. Three things that you need to know about promises, and I'm going to land this plane real quick. Number one, you need to know God's promises. 
a promise. An offer with a guaranteed result. God has promises that he wants to give you. These promises, they help you to be able to escape the desires of the flesh, to be able to escape the world's pressures, but it also enables you to live a divine nature. These promises are real, yes and amen. Though people have lied and broken promises, God has never broken a promise. His word is sure and it's cemented. He can't break his word. He can't. Scripture says they are unchangeable. He can't go anywhere. But for us to able to grasp these promises, we need to do three things. Number one, we need to understand. We, I'm, I'm sorry. We need to know God's promises. Number one, we need to know God's promises. First Corinthians chapter 17, verse 19. Lord, for the sake of your servant, and according to your will, you have done these great things and made known all these great promises. Again, we have swung the pendulum so far to the other side because manipulation, hurt. Whenever we hear promises, we're like, I don't know about this. I can't do this. And in church, we've been bit by this thing that if you give this and if you do that and if you do this, God is going to do this. And then you've tried it and it hasn't worked out because your heart was wrong and because you didn't understand it. I'll explain it in a second. And so you began to name it and claim it and bab it and grab it. And you didn't know or have any authority. If God would have gave you what you asked for, it would have killed you. But, but there are some promises that his word is true and it doesn't change. But we got to know these promises. Uh, this is the word of God. So how do I receive this, Chino? How much money do I have to pay? Um, how much tithe do I have to give? How many do I got to serve on team? What do I have to do to be able to get these promises? All right, so the website greater.church slash give. If you click on that button. <laughs> you know what sucks is that I've been in churches where that has actually happened. And it's like, yo, there's four promises. So you need to give a hundred or a thousand, depending on the four promises. So it's 400 or 4,000, depending on how much you want to be blessed. These promises are yes and amen. These promises belong to God and freely he has given us. This is easy for us. We love the freely he has given us, but freely he has given, freely we give. And so these promises, you don't have to pay for them. They're actually rock solid and they're all over God's word. And though I'm going to unpack four specific ones, there's several promises in scripture that I can guarantee that you, if, you, if you unpack this and us as a church, we have a system to study God's word. And what we do is that every single week, every day, there is a scripture that there are three different chapters that you can read. And so as a church, if you go to the website, greater.church slash soap, S-O-P, S-O-A-P, like how you cleaned yourself, S-O-A-P. So if you go on there, you can see that there is a, uh, a Bible reading that we all read today. Um, Psalm 67 stuck out to me and I, I put it in the message because I want you to see something because this is a kingdom key. This is one of the things that I'm talking to you about promises that God has given you. Listen to this. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine on us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the people praise you. Somebody say praise. praise. Watch this. Say praise. praise. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people with, equi with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Today, as, as we're unpacking what it looks like, these are promises from God that he wants to bless you. The, 
the, the exchange happens when you praise him. The, the word praise, it means yada. And that word yada in the, in the Hebrew, it actually just means to, to give thanks. Like gratitude. Look at what gratitude opens for you. When we hear the word praise, we think, look what the Lord had done. Uh, look what the Lord had done. He healed my body. He healed me. Uh, 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 oh, I'm going to pray. You know what I'm saying? And we, we tend to relegate it. <laughs> we... <laughs> Angels bow before him, heaven and earth. We tend to relegate it to music when praise is, is, is gratitude. Things change, and I've seen it in my own personal life. I, I'll start thanking people for certain things. And it not only builds them up, but it begins to bless them. I, I, I think of people in our church who have been serving, and men, I mean, have been incredible. I, the, the, I think our, our live, we call it live team, our production team, they don't get enough credit or shout out. Worship, they're always in the front. You know what I'm saying? You got Bria out here. You know what I'm talking about? You do all this stuff. And... Oh my God, girl, I felt the anointing. But you read the lyrics to get the anointing. And so I was sunshine in the back. Shout out to sunshine. The only time you recognize it is when it's back. And for my friends, you're watching online and you felt the anointing. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just David on the pace. You know what I mean? Like, you felt the anointing. I, I know that you heard Laurent with the cuts and it's like, all of that. But, but that's because there's, you know, Mike is back there with the audio and he's helping with that. Because Whitley got y'all out here looking real crisp. You see me right now? They got a filter on me that makes me look like I lost some weight. You know what I'm talking about? That's why online you see it different. You're like, oh, Chino, don't look. he lost weight. I haven't been to church in a little while, but no. I, it's the camera angles, you feel me? <laughs> but I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think they get enough credit. My, my, my Don, uh, him, um, Alex, who is right here in the back. I know Nuns was there. That video that you saw, after working all day, they came in here and spent all night right before worship rehearsal, and they made that entire video on Thursday. So in about three days, they created that. And Don probably didn't even sleep last night because I know I got a text message at 7 and some change, and that boy, I know he was up late night working on that video. Gratitude. Do you feel that? It's like, man, it, it makes me... That's what happens when you begin to praise God and give gratitude to God. God's like, what you want? You want my pen number? Give me, give me a little bit more. Hey, let me hold $20, Don. I bet y'all can ask him for $20. He's like, here you go. I got you. Thank you. But what happens is that gratitude will unlock those doors. And when we begin to praise God, so this is what the Bible is about. That we can actually start to do these things. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. I got to run through these real quick. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Stop trying to figure it out, right? In all your ways, acknowledge God. Stop trying to figure it out. Acknowledge God. I see you, God. I know you intimately. And scripture says that he will make your path straight or he will give you direction. He will show you where to go. Some of y'all don't know if you should take this job, move here, do that, do this. Stop listening to people. You don't got to listen to another TDJ, Stephen Furtick, Tim Keller message. You ain't got to hear no more messages. All you need to do is stop thinking so much about it. Acknowledge God. Get in the presence of God. Get in your prayer closet. Get on your face. Turn your Instagram, your Facebook off and spend time with him. And scripture says he's going to direct your path. I'm going to show you where to go. I'm going to show you how to start the business. I'm going to show you how to do these things. But we just have to, the two words, the anointed words, shut up. <laughs> Acknowledge God. 
But I think we go down the list. Um, Psalms chapter 27, verse 1. God, I got to hurry up. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I can quote this scripture in the midst of pain and fear. And I can say, yo, I got God on my side. I'm not worried about what man is going to do to me. There's torment that so many of us live with. That torment is from the past. And it's like my mom and my dad got a divorce and they, their grandma got a divorce and everybody got a divorce. And every time my wife and me, we get in an argument, I know we're going to get in a divorce. And what has happened is that you probably even did that because you thought I got to fall in suit because everything that has happened to my parents and you live in this torment that you think you're going to be poor the rest of your life because your family was so poor. And you think that it's always, man, anxiety, I'm going to commit suicide eventually because I know that that's what my family, there's a lineage of that. There's adultery in my family. There's all, and you live in this torment thinking that this thing is chasing you when it's not. Right. You're not a mistake. You are not a mistake. Though you made a mistake, though it happened, you're not a mistake. That's not who you are. You don't have to live the same way. And listen to me. I'm not belittling any of those things. There are some people in our church that we love to death that ended up, they didn't stay with the person they were married with. And God is still anointing them and still using them. He could redeem the time and he could redeem you. So please don't understand. I'm not trying to belittle you, but I don't want you to live with this torment of, oh, it's going to happen again. No! First John chapter 4, verse 4. I want you to see this. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. These are keys. I got a God in me that's greater. I want you to see this. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. One of my favorite verses. What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of the Father, who intercedes, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For your sake, we are being killed all day long on social media. No, these people were actually getting murdered. Not just talked about online. We're regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all things we are, say this with me, more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We got some promises that we got somebody that got our back. I want you to see this Luke chapter 10 verse 19 there's there's promises that God has given us behold I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you some of us our money has been acting a little funny you got a promise in scripture Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 and my God will supply every need of yours according to his righteous to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus please understand that that says I will supply for every one of your needs there's a difference between needs and want some of y'all you need healing you need God to heal you and restore you Psalm chapter 103 verses 1 through 2 to 3 it says bless the Lord oh my soul you see this that's the gratitude I bless you what, what you need <laughs> what you need oh I like it when you do that bless the Lord all my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities who heals all 
of your diseases. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 quoting Isaiah he says he himself this is talking about Jesus he bore our sins in his body and on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been by his wounds we got to know the promises of God they, they're all over the Bible and this is you got to spend time here this is this is where we got listen uh, Fox News CNN shout out to Jerry RIP my dog but the, the, the media um, your TV shows your weird auntie that has been divorced 18 times ain't gonna tell you how to live right it's gonna be found in scripture this is where you can find the hope that you need this is where you're gonna find the direction that you need this is where you're gonna find a redemption not only do you have to know the promises but you have to understand them Numbers chapter 30, 23 verse 19 it says God is not a man so he does not lie he is not a human so he does not change his mind has he ever spoken and failed to act as ever promised and not carried through and some of us could probably say man you know there's some things that I'm still waiting on there's a key word in there it's called still still he, he, you haven't seen the whole story yet I love what Pastor Robert said yesterday. Some of us, we think we lived our best days. When I had that going on, those were my best days. Bro, you ain't seen your best days yet. God will redeem your time. And the next set of your life will be the best set of your life. But we have to understand these promises. These promises are unconditional. Somebody say unconditional. They're available to everybody. Everybody. But they're conditional. You got to be... I, I want to bless my kids. But if my kids say, I don't want nothing to do with you, Dad. I'm gone. I'm leaving. It's hard for me to bless them. But if they're in the house, somebody say in the house. If, if they're in the house, then I can bless them. You have to understand that because some of us, we will, I remember being wild and I used to claim some stuff and God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And I remember hiding behind garbages and Father, right now, if you help me, I will never do this again, Lord, I promise. <laughs> he, hears, he hears those 911 prayers though. He does, I promise you. He does, he hears them. I'll never drink again, Lord, I promise. <laughs> he hears them. But, but there's a step that comes out of that where we have to be able to, number one, you got to repent. You got you to turn from your ways. You, you have to be able to lean in. They're conditional. It, it takes you stepping in and saying, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm ready to walk this thing out with you. Anybody can have them, but everybody can't keep them. <laughs> you got to be in the household of faith. Number one, you got to know these promises. Number two, you have to understand these promises. And man, there's so much more that I can unpack here. Come back at the 1130. I'll make sure that you understand. It requires faith. Uh, for you to understand it, it requires faith. Meaning you don't know. You just have to take a step. I, I was talking to my good friend Irving, who is from Miami, him, Marge, the kids, everybody's here. Um, they're from Miami, Florida. We were just talking about it where it's just like Abraham. It was like, God didn't tell him, I want you to go to this city, do this, do that. He just said, I want you to come, leave your father's house and come with me. And then he said, okay, where are we going? He said, look up at the sky. He said, all those stars, I'm going to give you kids like that. And, and the sand shore, I'm going to give you kids like that. Me? I would have been rolled out the Bible because I've been like, hey, I like the stars. Awesome. But God, like, give me a direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going left? Like, to the right? Which way do I go? Just come. And those are moments that you don't even understand. And you're like, yo, what do you mean? Come. And God's like, just, just come. I got you. Don't, don't sit there and worry about it. Just, it. It requires faith for you to be able to understand the promises of God. You have to understand that it's faith. And you have to understand that God does it on his way and on his time. I think what I was doing with Paul was I was trying to show you something. Because for some of us, God tells us, I want you to come to me. And we come and we're like, 
okay, God, what happened? And God's like, okay, I want you to go back. And then you come back and you're just like, yo, what the heck? Like, what is this? I don't see the results. I'm not seeing the fruit. Of course you're not seeing the fruit because you're worried about them in the soul and you're worried about them in the body, but you're not thinking about it in the spiritual where all of a sudden there are children that are laying inside of your womb that you have never, your womb is waiting for that child that is going to be birthed in there. And every promise that God has given you is going to come through that child. That there are people that you're going to meet, that you encounter them. And the moment that you do, there's a divine connection. Something clicked where every dream and every business that you had every idea all of a sudden now you're walking through it with somebody that you can trust and you're going to another space but it took time to get there and God is always trying to teach you along the way sometimes skip I'm like man God I'm just, just let me stay dumb just give me everything I don't need the, I don't want to do all that stuff just let me be dumb and get there you know what I'm saying and God's like no it's not how this works I gotta develop some stuff in you I gotta cut some stuff off I gotta shape you and that's where we get into this last part of this message which is these, these promises, we have to understand them. We have to know them. We have to understand them. We have to pursue them. Somebody say pursue. Psalm 119, 140 says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. If you skip down just a little bit, verse 148 says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Could you imagine if we, if we were in a space where we were chased after God's promises that much? where we're thinking about them. We're pursuing these promises, four core promises. Y'all ready? I'm gonna land this plane real quick with these four core promises. And over the next few weeks, I'm gonna unpack what this looks like. I, there's people even in this room that I know of that are friends of mine that last year we, we did a series um, and we talked about these promises. And I asked them, um, as I ask you, and I'll ask the 11.30 when they come, uh, 11.15, I will say this, just give me four weeks come to church four weeks that's all I'm asking I don't I, on the fifth week don't come to church no more go to first missionary Baptist Alliance in Christ Pentecostal Baptist Church go wherever you want but I'm just asking you to just give me four straight weeks I know you got you got to go see your auntie and you got to travel to Miami we we are we're watching online but if you're here in Ackworth Kennesaw Marietta Woodstock wherever it is Canton if you're here just come to church four times be here in person I'm asking you just for four Sundays I'm gonna give you a promise an offer with a guaranteed results. I guarantee you that if you get these four promises that I'm going to give you and you actually begin to take the steps, your life is going to be completely changed. We, we've seen it time and time again. We did this last year and four promises. This is not a get money product. I don't need a dime from you. Make sure y'all pay your tithes up. I don't need nothing from you. I don't need no. My wife is like, you tell all the people not to get money. I know. Don't beat me, wife. Um, listen. I don't need anything from you. I want everything for you. These promises are all about you. This, this ain't got none. It's not going to build my church. It's not going to build our church. It's not going to do none of that. This is going to be for you. I want you to be able to take these four promises. Try it. Just four weeks. I'm just asking you for four weeks. Real quick. I'm going to run through this quick. I got two minutes. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you from out of the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. That is my favorite one right there. That's part three. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptian. If you're taking notes, I'm going to write these four weeks. This is what we're going to talk about. Number one, it says, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. This is salvation. Salvation. We'll talk about that in a second. Number two is that I will free you. 
So when we think about this, what happens is that Moses is saying, I'm going to bring you out of the yoke of the Egyptians. But then he says, and then I'm going to free you. Both of those things sound like it's the same thing, right? I'm going to bring you out, I'm going to save you, and then I'm going to free you. They're not. Because you can come out of Egypt, but Egypt has to come out of you. And so I have to free you. I have to set you free. Then I will redeem you. And that redemption, that's the third promise of God. And whenever you get redeemed, you're always better than you were before. If I take a car and I take a... Skip, what's your favorite car? Old school car. Mustang. What year? If I get a 66 Mustang in 1966, probably paid a couple thousand dollars for it, maybe. 5,000 maybe. If I take that same Mustang, 1966, and today I, I redeem it, I, I, I restore it. If I take that car and I restore it, it's probably worth more than $5,000 today. You're a lot, you, you have a lot more and you're worth so much more than you're giving yourself credit for. But you gotta allow God to dis- to to bring that out of you and to redeem you. And lastly, I'm going to take you as my people. You see that it's you, 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 and then it's us. And this is where it gets fun, where you live in fulfillment. This is where so many of our friends who are in this church, they've stepped into this place and their life means something. And there's nothing better than going to sleep on a Sunday knowing that people's lives were changed, that I affected somebody. I I remember Brianna um, on our Saturday We had this, uh, this outreach, as y'all remember. And I remember that we gave away 274 grocery bags, 25-pound grocery bags. And man, we got this message online, man. And I, so many different messages, man, from people that were like, yo, I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. Uh, we had one lady in particular, man. Mike, you remember this? Mike and Judy actually took her home and put her car up on a thing. And uh, are you here? probably 11 o'clock um man you go to sleep knowing that you did those things you feel different you walk different you know what I'm saying when when people are blessed by what you have done it's so much better to give than it is to receive I know it's what Jesus said but man it just feels so good when you're able to bless people and I'm watching as you know we have so many different Central Americans and people from different nationalities that live in our area that are illegal and we go to the trailer parks and we passing out candies and we pass out the food and man you just see it if I give you a bag of food you're like oh man thank you and some of y'all need it listen to me I'm not belittling or minimizing or am I trying to trivialize what's happening some of us in here we're hurting and today our food bank is going to be open and we got a fresh man we got so much stuff in there we got chicken we got real chicken not like fake synthetic like we got good chicken we got all uh, pizza we got all type of stuff frozen stuff please go in there and clear it out because we want to be able to bless you but it's something about watching when you're here on a Thursday this woman works hard I mean she works hard she's in charge of a lot she's living a she's a grown woman with two kids a husband a job and she'll come here on a Thursday and you see people walk off the street and they're like hey can you give us something to eat and we're excited we're like oh my god we can give stuff away that right there, that feeling that I get to give something away, we're looking for people to give stuff away. We calling people, we're like, yo, can you come? Like, I want to be able to bless you. I don't want to put it in the garbage. Chris and Liv are going to all these and they're grabbing stuff and they're bringing it. We're excited about these things because we get, there's something about living a fulfilled life when you get to be a blessing, when you're no longer a borrower, but you're a lender. You you don't even lend, you just give it away. Something changes. And so I'm going to unpack what that looks like. But these four core promises, I believe, are what God has given us. The theological term is sanctification, salvation, redemption, and fulfillment. But can I tell you what what we like to call them? They're called promises. We've shaped our church around this. 
We help people to know God. We help people to find freedom. We help people to discover their purpose. And we help people to make a difference. Our whole church is based on the Bible, not on a man's thought, ideology, or his doctrine. That next week, that first one at the top, I'm going to talk about salvation. And especially in the South, we have a, we have a little bit of a different thought of what salvation is because our great-grandma went to church and I'm saved because I was born in the church. No, you bought the bus hell wide open if you don't get saved. You keep going and shaking your boom boom on Saturday and come to church talking about my grandma saved. You going, where you playing? And so I'm going to unpack what that looks like. But can I ask you for a favor? Everybody look at me. If you're watching online, I'm asking you for a favor. Laron, can, can you help me? I want everybody. No, no, not like, come, I'm just saying help me. Can you do me a favor? Nadia, you can do me a favor. I want everybody. Can you do me a favor? Next Sunday, I'm going to preach on salvation. And this message is going to be a real evangelistic gospel message. If you know somebody in your life that's far from God, that's, you know, they need Jesus. Would you do me a favor? Would you invite them? Just say, listen, I'm giving you license right now. I want you to tell them, hey, my pastor asked for you and he told me to invite you. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know who their name is, what, who they are, but I'm asking you, tell them, hey, my pastor called you by name. Name, that's their name. You ain't lying. You tell them, call them by name. I'm in, invite name to church. And we're going to watch God do something. But some of us who are in this room, you don't have to wait till Sunday to get it right with God. Some of you who are in this room, that first one right there, you feel like you've been in such bondage. And I'm going to unpack it next week, but you don't have to wait till next week. But what happens is that we live in this life that Satan has custom made for us. And we're walking a path that we don't, we don't even like what we're doing. I don't like sin. I don't like going this way. I don't like feeling depression. I don't like feeling anxiety. I don't like going this way. But Satan has custom made this thing for you that it has become normal to you. It's like that old car that we lift up and we close. You know what I mean? That the window don't roll so you got to put a toothbrush in there, you know, to get it to stay up. Like, and we live in that dysfunction and it becomes part of our normal. It's not what God has for you. God has freedom for you. God has salvation available. There's a gift and a calling on your life. God created something inside of you and he wants to pull that out so that you can make a difference, so that you can live a transcending life, that people after you will be affected by what you've done. And today it all starts with you just taking one step. You no longer have to be under the devil's plan. You no longer have to walk the way he wants you to walk. Today, you can actually make that step. Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, it's going to come up here in a second. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth. That's prayer. Believe in your heart. That's faith. If you're in this place and you're saying, Chino, I need to get this thing right. I don't want to keep going my way. I'm ready to start the journey today. I don't want to wait till Sunday. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? Everybody in this room. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors 